0: This morning's reading comes from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 21, and it's the first 11 verses. Matthew 21, beginning at verse 1. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there, with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey.
1: Well, good morning, everyone. It's great to see you here this morning. I wonder, and maybe nobody's ever asked you this question, and maybe you're an expert in this, but do you have a favorite way to travel? Anyone got a favorite way to travel? So you've obviously never been asked that question. Well, I thought this might be the case, and I thought I'd throw out a few options. So you can go by bike, can't you? you know. You can go by bike, and you can go by boat. Yeah? And like that? or you can go by car that's a more conventional one. <laughs> or maybe you can go by teacup. <laughs> teacup. <laughs> or even and this is my absolute favorite you can go by unicorn. So that, for everyone listening, is my favorite way of traveling. And what can you tell about me by my questionable, a little bit silly travel choices there? I think you can probably tell that I've never really grown up, can't you? And that I love embracing fun. We've already had a wonderful procession this morning. We've had Andy, our donkey, traveling in and all of you waving your branches. And that was wonderful to see, so thank you for that. But that was a, Je- a journey that Jesus chose to make. And I think we can learn some things about Jesus through his choices. It's a very familiar story in lots of ways, isn't it? We, we hear Palm Sunday and we think, yeah, palm branches, Hosanna, shouting, there's a donkey in there somewhere. But what can we tell about Jesus through his very deliberate, very intentional choice to do what he did in the way he did it? Which was, if you've forgotten, to ride into Jerusalem, the holy city, on this donkey. So one, Jesus came to fulfill everything that had been promised in the Old Testament. If we read verses four to five again, it's Matthew says, this took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So Jesus was the promised Messiah. He was the one everybody had been waiting for, the one who was going to save everyone. He was the humble king. He was the one who was the fulfillment. Of all that the Old Testament said, and it's now—it's not that the Old Testament now is irrelevant and boring, but it's—it's it's true in Jesus. We can read it through the lens of Jesus. That's really exciting, and Jesus teaches us, doesn't he? That you know, we wouldn't necessarily expect Jesus to ride on a donkey. I think, being the creator of heaven and earth, if—if if I was God, which be thankful I'm not. But if I was God, I'd probably choose a majestic unicorn. Like I'd probably choose something that was big and loud and colourful and fun. But Jesus chose a donkey. He didn't choose the loudest way. He didn't choose the quickest way. He didn't choose the most popular or revered way. He chose to do it in the way that would fulfill what the prophet had said. He chose to do it in a humble way. And actually, the story of Easter is all about Jesus choosing to be obedient to God. He says in the garden when he's praying, not my will, but yours be done. And that's quite a powerful statement when we think about it. So one, Jesus was to fulfill everything that had been promised. Two, Jesus was not about people pleasing. We see in verses eight to nine, the crowds are so excited. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the ground on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those who followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest heaven! They're really excited to see Jesus. Jesus remained the same in the face of these crowds. We don't see Jesus being any different from the Jesus we've seen all through the New Testament. But yet those people in the crowds, a week late, not even a week later, some of those people are going to be shouting very different things. They change from Hosanna to crucify him, almost at the drop of a hat. They changed from celebrating Jesus' kingship to mocking it with a crown of thorns. I've always found that a really powerful, humbling image. The, cha- the change. Hosanna to crucify him. Why did they change their minds? Maybe they saw what Jesus did on the temple and they weren't happy about that. Maybe they realized again that Jesus hung out with people who they didn't like. Maybe they got caught up in the moment. We don't know why they changed their minds. But we know that Jesus didn't. Jesus still chose to journey into Jerusalem. He still chose to act upon that, knowing everything that would come. He is not fickle. He doesn't change his mind, and he wouldn't change his mind about the events of Easter. So Jesus wasn't about people-pleasing. And lastly, Jesus was, and still is, special. Verse 10 says the whole city was moved. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Who is this? That, I think, is the big question of Easter. The question we can keep asking ourselves. The question this story makes us ask. Who is this? Who is this man? This man who comes riding in who shares bread and wine with his followers, who's betrayed, who's arrested, who's mocked, who's put on trial, who's crucified. And when he's crucified, when these dramatic events happen and the earthquake and the temple curtain is split in two, you have a centurion who proclaims, surely this man was the son of God. And then it doesn't end there. We know on Easter Sunday that Jesus not only died but he raised he was raised to life again so who is jesus this is the biggest question i think any of us can ask ourselves far bigger and far more important than what is your favorite way to travel that's for sure but who is this man do we believe in him do we believe he lived do we believe he died Do we believe he rose again? Do we believe his teaching? Do we believe his miracles? And does knowing this change our lives? Does knowing, in one way, it's not enough to know, is it? We can ask the question of who is Jesus? And then if we come to an answer, and we do nothing with that, then maybe the whole point of asking the question was a bit redundant. But Jesus is active in his decision to draw near the events of Holy Week, isn't he? He chose to ride into all that the Easter week has to offer. And he chose to do it out of love to us. That was what motivated him. He did not want to go to the cross for fun, did he? It was out of love for his people, for the people that he'd made. And we can choose, we all have a choice, we can choose to let our hearts be stirred as we ask that question, who is Jesus? Or we can be someone who stands on the side and watches as other people proclaim him. Or we can choose to shout Hosanna, but know in our hearts that actually, at a moment's notice, that could change to crucify him. I know I've been guilty of that in my own life, praising God one moment and then the next, denying Him in my words and actions. And that is a challenge for us. but the choice is ours. Jesus has already done everything He needs to do for us to have relationship with God. So this Easter time, are we going to take time out to journey? With Jesus to ask those questions again of, who are you, Jesus? What really happened that first Easter weekend? Maybe we'd learn about it for the first time. Maybe it's just a case of remembering it and relearning it. The last couple of years have been strange for Easter, but actually Easter is an incredible time of celebration we should be bringing out the party cannons we should be dancing we should be shouting Jesus' praise because not only did he die for us but he rose to life again because he is the true king and that is the best news in the world so Jesus he was the promised messiah he was everything that everyone had been waiting for He was more about commitment to God than he was about people-pleasing. And he is special, and he is the reason we're all here. He is what brings us together as a church. So I'm going to pray for us now, and if the band want to come back up. But as I was preparing this message, I really felt drawn to giving people a chance to make that commitment to Jesus for maybe the first time, or maybe a recommitment. Um, So why don't we close our eyes? And I just, if you feel like God is speaking to you, right now, and saying, this is you, Lydia's talking to you right now, I want you to just echo the words that I'm saying in your heart and your mind. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you died for us. I thank you that you died for me Lord, I might not understand everything that means, but I choose to believe that that is true. I choose to believe you rose again, Jesus, right now. And where I've wondered, God, I pray that you would help me, help me to know who you are, Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, come chat to me, come chat to Jonathan, come chat to Andy. We'd love to chat with you but I'll just pray for us more generally. Jesus, thank you that you are our living hope. You are all of our reasons, Jesus, and we love you. And I pray that our praise and our worship and our lives would be so great an offering to you. Amen.